Welcome everybody out to Utah in the Weeds. This is episode 93. We are coming up on 100. Seven more episodes after this. Stay tuned. Stay subscribed to Utah in the Weeds on any podcast player that you have access to. And you can listen to the podcast on Discover Marijuana YouTube channel, which we are doing a YouTube giveaway this month coming up on the final week of the giveaway. You need to be subscribed and comment on the most recent video to be entered into the contest. We're giving away free visits to Utah Therapeutic Health Center for cannabis-related healthcare. Also, a DaVinci IQ2. That is a $300 uh, dry herb vaporizer. Extremely well put together. Ceramic bowl, glass tube. The taste is better than any other vaporizer that I have uh, tried. Uh, and some other some other swag items too. Giving away Discover Marijuana on YouTube. Hit, slam that subscribe button. Uh, today's interview and discussion is with Donna Franchillo. She is a Utah now. She moved here and is a cystic fibrosis patient. She found cannabis. Uh, well, I'll let her tell the story uh, and how many medications she was on and how cannabis has affected her, what she has found works for her. Uh, another really great conversation with somebody who is legitimately using cannabis as medicine uh, in a way that makes sense, uh, in my opinion. Otherwise, I really appreciate all of you. Appreciate you subscribing to the podcast, Utah in the Weeds. Again, my name is Tim Pickett. Enjoy this episode. So, <clears throat> the how did you, how, how did all of this like this process of cystic fibrosis kind of come about? Okay. So 15 years ago, I had a bout of pancreatitis and uh, I ended up in the hospital for a month. Well, the doctors were kind of baffled about it because they didn't know why there was no reason for it. It just came about. I didn't have a long history of drinking or doing any drugs or doing Anything that would brought up, brought up at my, my health, my diet was pretty healthy too. Um, not as healthy as it is today. But um, anyway, so I was in the hospital for a month. Well, then the following year, I got pneumonia and I couldn't get rid of the pneumonia. If it went on for 16 weeks and they kept giving me antibiotics and sending me home and giving me antibiotics. And then finally, after 16 weeks, the, the same hospital that I kept going to the ER they said, well, why don't we just keep you? And why don't we do some testing? Because you're not getting rid of this pneumonia that's in the base of your lungs. So that's what they did. They brought a, bron uh, um, a lung doctor. Uh, uh, what is the lung doctor called? I don't even know. Lung doctor? Lung, yeah, lung doctor's fine for lung doctor's fine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay pulmonologist so anyway, so, um, is the word, pul pulmonologist, pulmonologist that's the word. is the yes. word you're looking for. Right. So they brought him in and he said he was going to do a bronchoscopy. Well, when he went in there to discover what he did, he had to send that, which he said was the worst thing he'd ever seen. But he had to send that to the CDC to be tested to see what was in there. And um, that's when he came back and said, you have microbacterium obsessives. 
and um, it came back. And, and at the same time, I had asked him to diagnose me to see if I had cystic fibrosis because I did have a third cousin who had died from it. And he wasn't going to because I was 42. And he said, well, we'll do it based on family history. And sure enough, I had it. And it was positive. And that was it. And then I was on three years of different medications to get rid of the microbacterium obsessives and an IV. I had the pick lines for a few months, um, along with some other oral antibiotics. And yep. So straight, I think there was a straight uh, two plus years of oral antibiotics after the IV. Wow. Pick line. Mm -hmm. And they told me they did not think I was going to make it. They said, this is really bad. This is the worst thing you could have got. Worst. And I I was like, whoa, I'm thinking I'm going to (laughs) die. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you, and, and really cystic fibrosis is a lung, it has a lot of effect on the lungs. The pancreas is involved. So this kind of fit the whole picture all of a sudden. It did everything, everything, everything from my sinus problems in my early twenties to my infertility of not being able to have a child, IBS, getting diagnosed with IBS when I was in my upper twenties, my thyroid went nuts. So when I was in my early thirties, um, I was, I was premenopausal at like 35. I mean, there were some weird things going on in my life that I had, I was like, what's, you know, I didn't know. I just was confused (laughs) for years. Yeah, I bet. So, so when this was, how long ago were you diagnosed? Um, this is, I believe this is 15th year. What is this? Is, yes. That would bring us back to what year? 20, 2008. Yeah. 2008 would be 15 years from now or, or 2007. I think it was 2008. Cause in seven is when I had pancreatitis. And I think in eight is when I had the pneumonia. And then that's when I found out. And then I finally got Medicare approved in 2010. So what changed in your life once you were diagnosed and you kind of knew this was the case and you started to realize these symptoms came from a place of this chronic illness that you had? Wow, what happened? Um, A lot of strange happened. Um, When I was put on these medications, I hadn't been on many medications. I, I had just been introduced to Synthroid a couple of years prior. And so I wasn't really on really many medications. Um, Well, what happened was I started getting side effects and I was on a new medication. Then I was on another medication. Then I was on another one. Before before a three-year period, I ended up on 19 different new medications, 19. And I just started feeling like I just wasn't me anymore. There was something wrong with me. I was thinking different thoughts. I was having these different moods. I was very, I was crying a lot. There were things that just, it just wasn't my normal. And um, I was on something for going to sleep. I was something on for stress. I was something for fibromyalgia. Then they gave me something um, for um, stomach cramping. And then I was on a muscle relaxer. And then I was on, um, Oh, pain pills. And then I was on pain pills. Um, they were giving me like seven of those a day. Um, and 
I was just like, it just seemed like I was getting worse and worse and worse. And then, so that went on for about three years. And um, finally, and this is in Florida, I had this friend who had come from California and she said she wanted me to try a marijuana, she called it cannabis butter. Yes. So she called it cannabis butter and she said she wanted me to try a cookie. Well, I did. And I slept well that night. I ate. I wasn't in any pain. I felt like I was normal me again. (laughs) And I was like, whoa. And it was made of Girl Scout cookies. I'll never forget. It was Girl Scout cookies because I remember asking her, what was the name of that thing you gave me? Yeah. And um, so what I had realized was something was up with that medication. So But now I had a dilemma on my hands because now I had this new drug and with all these other drugs. Yeah. So what I did is I did something that's kind of not normal. I took myself to Tampa General Hospital and I asked them to admit me to the psych ward. And I came with a laptop. I thought I was going to be in there for a week, just a vacation. You right. know, they're going to help me out here. No, no, no. It was a different shock altogether when I got there. So anyway, laptop was not going with me. I couldn't bring anything upstairs with me. And um, they wanted to know why I was there. And I said, well, I said, I have to get off of all these drugs. And I know I need to do it, but I don't want to do it by myself. Because what if I do this and something happens to me? Right. You know, I mean, you're on lot, 19, it's a, lot, it's a lot of drugs. Yeah. Like you're, yeah. yeah, you're on more than 10 drugs. There's all kinds of mm-hmm. side effects from all taking all the drugs. There's bound to be side effects from coming off of them. Right. Right. And that's, and I didn't know what to expect. And so I thought the safest thing would be is be under medical care. Sure. So, so I went, they admitted me. I saw the doctor the next day and he asked me what exactly I wanted to do. And I told him, I said, these are, I don't need all these drugs. I said, I need, you know, I need my nebulizers. I need my Synthroid. I need, you know, the basics, but the rest of these, I don't think I need these. And and he says, well, we're going to have to stabilize you with something. He said, just because this is a lot, we're going to wean you off of. And I said, okay. So we agreed on, um, Um, Prozac, but then I did ask him about marijuana. I said, you know, I said, I would really like to try marijuana. And he gave me Marinol, which didn't even, it didn't work. It didn't work. And that next morning I told him, I said, that didn't work. That wasn't the same as the butter my friend gave me. So anyway, so I just went through my five days. It was a five day thing. He did put me on Prozac. Um, he wanted me to stay on that until what further notice because keep the chemistry normal. So I got out of there. I was relieved. And that was um, so basically 12 years ago was when I started using it, which I know a lot of people find that hard to believe. They're like, didn't you use it? Weren't you smoking it when you were a teenager? Weren't you out there? And I was like, no, I, I grew up in a house where it was bad. And it was when you grow up learning that this is a terrible, terrible drug, don't ever try it. It'll turn your brains to mush. You're going to kill your brain cells, you know? So I had all this fear about it. And uh, yeah, so 12 years ago, so I wiped out of the 19, I would say, because of what I still have to do today, I would say 13 are gone. 
Wow. So that was good. It was good. You feel like a new, do you feel like you got your, a little bit of your life back, a little bit of like normalcy back? Yes. I tell people that that I'm like, I'm like, I know that there's a lot of people who don't understand cannabis and there's a stigmatism to it. Like, um, you know, there's still people that I'll approach and they'll say, oh yeah, you just want to get high. Uh, it's a good excuse to get high, no matter what, if you're a stoner, that's, just, and I'm like, I'm like, you just don't get it. You don't understand that it's more to it than just somebody who just wants to sit around getting high all day long. Anyway, um, so it seems like I've had to really like, in order for people to understand it and they don't, they don't want to hear it or they don't get it. Um, but yeah, I've telling people that over and over and over is that cannabis gave me my life back. And in a sense, I owe that to God because I believe that God put this here as a healing plant for us. And I'm not a person who can take a lot of medications because my pancreas now hates pills. It hates anything man-made. It hates processed. It hates it's the weirdest thing. It's like my pancreas is dictating my whole life. And if my pancreas, if I take a regular pain pill, I get pain. Do you? It's, it's, and I'm like, I'm like, so what's good is that? I can't do that. Um, if I eat, like say, let's say I decided to eat a donut, it wouldn't be good. I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I've had to change my diet. I've had to completely change my diet. I've had to completely change my lifestyle. Um, I've had to add things into my life. And I'll tell you what, they've, they've told me anything that ends with the word itis, I've yeah. been diagnosed with. <laughs> yeah. Arthritis, bursitis, tendonitis, colitis, uh, ginger, you know, a gingivitis at one time, sinusitis. Um, it goes on and on and on. You're just in, so, you're an in, you're a bag of inflammation. Right. And that's what CF is. And see, and that's the big thing that I wanted to touch base with is that there's something, and I don't know the mechanism of the drug. I don't know that end of science. Sure. Um, all I do know is that it does conquer inflammation. So, and what causes inflammation? I mean, you got your joints, your stress, you've got um, foods that you eat, medications you take, sugar. Um, there's a lot of things that inflame the body. So you have to, it's not just about, oh, I'm going to just take this cannabis here and I'm going to be fine. There's more, there's more that comes along with that. Not only do you do the cannabis, but you may have to also cut back on the sugar. Or you might have to stop, you know, drinking the alcohol. I mean, there's so anyway, there, so I just want to hit some basis on this inflammation because inflammation is what triggers cystic fibrosis and then we end up sick. So if you can control the inflammation, you can control the sickness. Yes. And I don't like to be sick. So. I have a fight against my fight is like, um, I, what, what's the term I use? My fight is against inflammation or the itis. Yes. My fight against itis. <laughs> it's like, itis a, fight. it's like a, it's like a foe, you know, it's like, uh, like you're going into the ring and you, mm -hmm. you, you see this in a pretty complete picture too, because I think a lot of people don't, 
um, or wouldn't see this as, you know, cannabis is one part of the solution. It's not the whole thing. Uh, it gives you, it gives you some options. What, what do you feel like cannabis does for you? Um, you know, for your day-to-day life, like, well, I'm a, I'm an indica person. So it keeps me, basically it keeps me balanced. So what I do is, I think we discussed this is what I do is I do tinctures and I do them every, about every four hours, I'll do one ML. And, um, now I bought this one time because I told you I would try it. It was, this was $80. But what I do is I tend to buy this, right? Yep. It is going to sound like not much. I buy this, it's 3.5. And then I take my own olive oil and I actually just cook it on the stove for like five hours. Okay. And then, and then I make my own little oil. Yeah. You've got a, I, you, you were showing me an eighth of flour, right? Right. Of trike, right. trike flour. Well, here. No, this is 3.5 grams. Right. 3.5 grams. That. Right. Of yeah. flour. And then you, you, you take that amount, you put it in some oil and you decarboxylate it. You make right. your own. Yes. Yes. You make your own and then oil. I have, right. And then I take this and I use this and, um, a little dropper. And then it, Yep. And it's a 1.0. Yeah. And I do that like every four hours and that stays, that keeps me balanced. Do you feel like Um, that's better medicine or do you feel like that's cheaper for you? What, what makes you want to do it by yourself? Make your own oil. Mm. Well, because honestly, I can't afford $80 a bottle. So you feel like it's a little bit cheaper to, to take, to take your own flour, make your own oil. And then that's yes, going to give it, give it a nice. Well, it's not going to be as strong. Yes. It's going to be weaker. So, and I already know that it's weaker and it's, it is what it is. It works for me, but the, um, it works, it works, but it also takes a long time. It could take up to two hours. Yeah. So doing it every four hours keeps it going. Keeps you level. That's what I noticed. Right. And if it's weaker and you're doing it more, I I really like this idea. I really like Mm -hmm. this idea, especially for you. This is good. Yeah. And it's olive oil. So olive oil is one of those things that I can actually digest. So because I'm limited with what I can digest anymore. So then I have the other one. Now, now this deal was a buy one, get one free. Okay. So when it's a buy one, get one free, I can do this and it's more economical for me and it'll last me a couple months. Okay. Now, I also buy another indica, which is a stronger indica than this one. This one is during the day. The other one is going to knock me right out. That one is one ml. I take it, and within an hour, I'm out. And it's a seventy thirty indica. Okay. So it's it's pretty strong, and it's the same thing. So, but it was a buy one get one free, and when you get that kind of a deal and you do it cost dollar for dollar, it works out pretty well. You know, it keeps that for sure. Keeps it in the, keeps it in the budget <laughs> so I can afford it. Yeah. Well, your how uh okay, so, side question. How bad does it smell up your house when you make the oil? It's a good smell up for about six hours. And then it kind of goes away. Yeah. yeah. Your house smells like <laughs> but a- we we yeah, it's about six hours. We've timed it. Have you? So, 
we had to because because there's somebody in the house that really doesn't want the smell of the house. They don't really care for it. And so we have to make sure that that person's gone for at least six hours so that uh, she doesn't have to smell it. I see. So anyway, but yeah. Um, and then um, now sometimes I still have to use my vaporizer, which... Yeah, I like the Da Vinci's. I did go and look at them did because you? I hear you talk. Yeah, I'm hearing you talk about them. They look great. They're great. But I bought something that was just a little bit, it's cheaper and it's uh, it's faster. And like last night, I had the worst headache and I had it, it came on and I ignore it. I can't take Tylenol. I can't take ibuprofen and aspirin. It doesn't even touch it. Um, so I said, fine, I'll vaporize. And I only need to vaporize it for like 10 minutes and then my headache's gone and then I can go upstairs and I can go to sleep. That's um, cool. But Same strains you're using in your oil, your yep. indica strains, right? Which are nice. Yes. They're good for, they can be really good for headaches for people. And mm-hmm. um, I like that a lot. I think that's, yeah. I think that's a smart way to do it. Well, I think that's the medical way to do it. But then, okay, let me see. So here's what I was going to tell you too, is that, um, so I had to get through a time period of actually being that I wasn't doing something that was wrong. And I had a hard time with my family. I come from a family of law enforcement. So. They're not, they're not into marijuana. No. I'm like that black sheep. So when you started to use this medically, were they still not into it? No, Ah. that was the funny, that was the funny thing is they all mentioned how well they thought I was doing and like, oh, Donna, this is so, yeah, you're doing great. What are you doing? And you say, well, I'm, I'm using marijuana and they're like, ah, right. How could you? Yeah. They're all in New York state. So, oh, yeah, you know, in New York, uh, they just they just adjusted their law. They have an open consumption law now. They're the one of the only places in the country that you can smoke cannabis. You can uh-huh. smoke cannabis anywhere you can smoke cigarettes really? out in the open. Yeah, the only in New one, York, yeah, huh? one of the only places they actually hmm. use more. I mean, trivia, tri- trivia with Tim wow. is uh, they use more wow. cannabis in New York City than any other city in the U.S. 77 metric tons of weed <laughs> a year goes through that city. Yeah. Better, bigger than wow. L.A., San Francisco, all the all the California wow. cities. Yeah. They use a ton of it there. And now you can I'm smoke shocked. it in public in New York. I got to go uh, to vac. I got to go on vacation there just to see this. Just to see it. Well, I would too. See, because I'm from Buffalo. Buffalo is a whole other place. Oh, I'm it's sure. It's not even anything like New York City. In fact, New York City would be weird to them. You know? Yeah. Ugh, New York City's weird. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, and here's the thing is like, this is what I've noticed. Now, okay, even medications, here's the thing is like, even medications that I was on that caused me severe joints, pain, and edema. Like I'm talking about the levophiloxin family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The phylloxins. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what did I have to, when I called up my doctors during that time, I said, what can I possibly take? I didn't even know what to take anymore. And they said, just get some edibles. Oh, I was like, wow. Hey, that, that was that was a CF center. So that was cool. Yeah, that is so, cool. Um, 
But here's the thing that I noticed that it helps me with. First off, it helps me with any stressful situations. Brings me right back down. My body stays calm. It's all about keeping the body calm for CF. If you can keep your body calm, you won't inflame your lungs. And if you can eat the right foods and get the right um, nutrition through the pancreas without upsetting the pancreas, the pancreas will stay nice and calm too. Um, but so what I've noticed is I've noticed appetite because I, I have an issue with malnutrition. So um, I've lost a lot of weight. And now the endocrinologist is actually doing some testing to see what exactly is happening. <clears throat> so sometimes I'll have like no appetite, none. I'll just be walking through the day like, what do I want to eat? What do I want to eat? Anyway, so I get an appetite, major appetite, especially with this one, this Kush, uh, who dat Kush orange or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, who dat orange? That stuff is making me eat all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Like, well, <laughs> it is. It's one, if you want an appetite, get some who dat orange. <laughs> anyway, uh, whatever it's who dat orange crush. All right. So appetite joint pain, colitis, cramping, um, my headaches when I get them, the insomnia, the stressful situations, um, lung exasperations, when my bones start to hurt, when I get pancreatitis. When I get pancreatitis, the only thing I can do is vaporize. That's it. There is nothing else in this world. I don't even care. Morphine. Oh, except for when I'm in the hospital and I get on an IV, mm -hmm. they have to give me morphine because it's an equivalent to, that's the, the level of pain. It's, yeah. it's horrific. Pancreatitis so anyway, so can be really, really bad. My, my background's in Ooh. GI surgery and we would admit you and that would be the general surgery service or something that would potentially admit you. And yeah, that was me. And we would just fill people up with IV fluids and anti-nausea pills and Dilaudid or morphine or just Dilaudid, the heavy, yep. the heavy duty stuff because it's we didn't because have it's, access it's to cannabis. It just is, it's horrible, but you're, you, you make a really interesting, um, I have, I believe this to be cannabis to be one of the best medications for pancreatitis. You get the pain yes. control, you get the <laughs> nausea control, you get a little appetite, you don't get the slowdown in the GI system. I mean, it's it's as if it was grown for pancreatitics like yourself, you know? I, I am in awe. There's so many times that I'm in awe because it was something I avoided for so long in my life. And, you know, I, I met with a, I think it was a psychologist at one point and we were, we were touching base on the marijuana and um, where were we going with that? Um, well, first off, he made a comment that he doesn't believe that it would have affected me in this way if I had been a partaker of it in my youth, that it wouldn't have worked as well because I didn't have a history with it. Do you believe, so do you believe that? I, I don't even know what to think because I'm just saying to myself, I can't believe that I was made to feel like this was such a criminal thing. I and know it's I don't. Not. I, it's, a, it's a good medical thing. Yes, it is. A, yes, I agree. I so don't I don't know. know. I don't know if I buy that. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I, there's something to that, I guess, if you were to like use a ton of it when you were really young, screw up your endocannabinoid system. Yeah, maybe. Um, I think that's a stretch a little bit. I guess I would say we don't really know is the bottom mm-hmm. line. Well, the other thing, too, is they, they um, question me heavily about what it does to me, how it get, helps me escape. And I'm just like, escape? Escape from what? You know, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know. He said, well, people do it because they don't have they have some emotional pains they don't want to deal with. And I'm like, no, no, no. See, I'm in pain and I need something for pain. And this is what I take. And there's nothing to escape because. Uh, no, reality's going to be there. Re- Reality is always there. How can I escape it? <laughs> yeah, cannabis, is not, cannabis, <laughs> cannabis does not make you escape reality, does it? That's what they want to know. That's but they, what they but that is, like, what they, yeah. What do you want to escape? What do you? What do you? Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not. I want to be in the present. Pain. Yeah, I, I don't. Want I don't want pain. a pain, but I want to be here. <laughs> I want to do. I want to. Right. I want to do stuff. I want to do today. Yeah. And I don't want to feel like crap while I'm doing right. It. Right. And so when I've told people, I'm like, I'm like, then, then they'll say, oh, well, well, you're, you just want to get high. Mm. Okay. Well, first off, I wake up high. I mean, I wake up and I'm happy to wake up. I'm, I'm like, mm-hmm. if I take my little blinders off, cause I wear a mask, I'll take my mask off and I'll see that it's light out. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> so I get up and I'm all excited. I'm already like that. So I have to do indica. Now, if I, I have experimented because I had to start trying all these different strains and doing these different things because I was so new to it, I didn't know what I was doing. So I was trying some sativa and, oh, that wasn't for me because I was like, I was like, I was already excitable. I was already high. I already had so much serotonin. I always said I have an abundance of serotonin in me and serotonin and dopamine. So it was too much. Uh-huh. It was so it was so much that it actually gave me the shakes. And I was like, uh, you know, and that's how I had to get to know what worked for me. So I did go through this whole like three year trial where I was trying this, trying that, vaping this, eating that, rubbing this on, doing this patch. I mean, I did everything. And sometimes I wanted to see if I could do what other people said they could do which was they said they went, they, they get a head high and they called it headband. Yeah. And, and I've tried and I can't get there. For some reason, I can't get like high in my head like people describe. And, and interesting. it's always baffled me. That's, I know. Very, that's very interesting. I've, you're not the first person. Not get, uh, you're not the first not, person I've ever met that has said that. Most people build up a lot of tolerance in order to do that. But there is something about the blood-brain barrier that's not getting crossed maybe by the mm-hmm. by the THC and you know, and and who knows. And maybe it's just like uh when when somebody describes this to me, I compare it to Adderall or Ritalin. So for an ADHD person, you have all of this. Uh, neuromodulation that's going up and down and up and down and up and down. And so Adderall will raise all of the signaling up and it levels it out for people. And for people with severe ADD or ADHD, that actually makes them feel more calm. 
And it actually kind of lowers their sensation of things. And for you, but for somebody else who doesn't have ADD or that, they can take Adderall and it's very stimulating to them. They're wide awake. They think they, they're like, they describe the contrast as more. And so I wondered if it was be the same type of thing you're using THC and it's actually just becoming a modulator, right? So you're not feeling that head high sensation because, because almost like you need it, you need it to modulate you. It finds your balance. It makes you balanced. You described that in the beginning. Yeah. You take an indica and, and now you feel like, oh, I'm me. Yeah. Right. But this even if I too. take more and more and more, doesn't even if I took, it doesn't matter. Wow. It doesn't even matter. It it just doesn't. It never mattered. It's never mattered. The only thing that I noticed was if it's more of a sativa strain, mm-hmm. and I get like say I get a fifty fifty. The only thing that's going to happen is I'm going to laugh a lot. Oh. I'm just going to be laughing and laughing and laughing, and that's only if it's more of a sativa, and um. So that's the side effect. And one time I remember my father telling me, he said, because he knew about the marijuana, because at that time I was making cookies. And he said, you know, he said, if this is the only side effect that you are getting is you're getting the laughs and you're laughing like this and you're happy, he said, then it's okay. It's okay. Um, And it took a lot for my father to say that because of him being in law enforcement. So because I know he's still anti-marijuana, but he did tell me that. And that made me feel like at that time, that was his blessing, mm-hmm. you know, saying, it's, I'm giving you my blessing. Just don't ever drive under the influence. <laughs> yes. And he's made that clear because he was a recovering alcoholic. He hasn't drank in like 55 years. And so, no, like 52, 52 years. And um, so uh, he's always told me that whatever you do, do not eat your cookies and put anything on social media <laughs> and do not, and do not eat your cookies and do not drive when you eat your cookies. This is, this <laughs> so. is good fatherly advice. <laughs> this is so, very yeah, good so, fatherly advice. So every time I'm, I, I do have something to say and I did medicate, I'm like, Hmm, I better not get on Facebook. I'll yeah. just stay off. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just wait on this one. <laughs> We'll, we'll wait on this one just a little bit. That's good. Just to, just in case, because I don't know. It doesn't feel like I'm saying anything wrong or right. anything, but I have that little voice in me telling me, you know, be careful. So, so. you don't you don't ever feel like you're really. Um, people are very scared when they start cannabis or when they're exploring cannabis that it's going to change who they are when they use it. Do you feel like it? I I don't feel like that, but you know. To you, Donna, is do you feel like this changes who you are at all in a negative way? No, no, I I never even thought about it changing me. Um, no, I I just I when I went into it and I decided to do it, I just wanted to have myself back because myself was gone after all those pills and all those drugs being pumped through me and, and all that was going on. I was gone, me, the real me. And I just wanted me back. And so even through prayer, you know, I've prayed a light pray a lot for every answer I want. And I always get led to holistic approaches. Like right now I'm studying iridology and foot reflux, foot reflexology 
And I also have a lot of data that I've been collecting on foods and the healings of foods and herbs. I've got a collection of herbs now that I'm going to make my own tinctures. Um, And um, I keep being led into the direction of holistic approaches. That's really cool. But I've never, I've always just wanted to maintain who I was and this is who I am. And I didn't want to lose that. And that's what I felt I was losing through pharma. Yeah, I was losing me. And I wasn't me. And um, yeah, it was, it was really weird. It was a very strange time in my life. And you know, if it wasn't for, there was a doctor in Tampa Bay. And my doctor sat me down after this three-year period of me being on all these different medications. And he sat me down and he said, I don't know what to think what's going on right now. And he said, I'm concerned about you. And he said, I'm concerned about how many pills you're on now. He said, I've been your doctor. He said, all these years, and you were only on two medications. He said, and I want you to really think about what's going on right now. He said, because you're on a lot of medications. And if it wasn't for him, bless his heart, because he's a normal PCP, um, for him to do that, he really made me stop and think, what's wrong? What's going on with me? And and uh, so he ultimately led me to get my life saved. Hmm. So, That's- yeah. Yep. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And he wasn't in the cystic fibrosis community. And see, that was the other thing, too, is with the CF doctors, they're normally lung doctors. Yeah. So what happens when you go, they start treating your lung issues. But they can't help you with your pancreas, with your kidneys, with your bladder, with your GI. So they send you over to all these other doctors. And they send you here and they send you there and then they send you to pain management and then they send you to this. So they, I had about nine doctors that I was seeing on a monthly basis for years. And I would bring my sheet of paper and I, I kept a Excel spreadsheet of all these drugs I was on. And I would bring it in to each and every doctor down there in Florida. And I would say, okay, I say, these are all the drugs I'm on. This is what I'm experiencing. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to go ahead and give you some Lyrica because um, this is all sounds like this is a lot of fibromyalgia related. So Lyrica should do it. Then they would just put another pill on me. And then I would specifically ask them, well, are these pills okay with that one? Oh yeah. Those are all fine. Yeah. But they really, really weren't. And and none of them said anything bad. They all said moderate, indica- you know, moderate mm-hmm. um, indicator, you know, moderate um, mild. Um, but I knew in my brain that something was happening. Yeah. So, well, I'm so glad that you found yourself again, right through this whole experience and you were able to, and now you're able to really be an advocate for cannabis as a real medicine with your, with your own experience. I really appreciate you coming on and talking about it. Um, yeah. It's been, it's and it's, really it's especially, especially for the CF people, because, you know, the cystic fibrosis community, they think to them, they think, you know, smoking, that's yep. what they're always thinking, smoking, smoking, smoking. I was very fortunate to be under UCSF 
and um, Stanford. And UCSF and Stanford in California both do recommend edibles or tinctures or patches. They never, ever recommended smoking, but at least they were open-minded enough to say, we can put this on some of our patients can be on this. Yeah. But there is a lot of um, people that don't understand in the cystic fibrosis community that have children or have teenagers or have 20 something year olds that it's not about them trying to seek a high. I'm a mother. I have a 30 year old and I know what they're, they're I understand where they're coming from, but they're also hearing from a mother that's telling them that this is a medication that can help with their inflammation and they don't have to be in the hospital every other month. And or three or four times a year, you right. know, it doesn't have to be like that. And, and no, and they don't have to get down to 85 pounds. There's a, there's something that might help cannabis. Yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciate you saying that. And, and do you have a, um, so your, your favorite strain in Utah, is it the, uh, the orange, the, the who orange crush? That one's really good for daytime uh -huh. indica use. Um, but the other one I have is, um, it's just a normal Kush, Kush something, Sorbet. Uh-huh. That's, that's a good one for sleep. Good. That's the one that knocks me right out. So, so, so far I'd say that those are probably the two, my, those are, those are probably my favorites so far. And then of course this tincture, this, it's called Mersine Terpenol. Mercy Interpinol, it's a Boojum tincture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this this really knocked me out. Yeah, it's strong. I mean, this, yeah, that stuff. Is, it is. That and, is and really strong. You only yeah. need a half a drop of that, <laughs> yes. and, and and you're you're out. And so you know, if I I don't know if I could ever make mine that strong. I doubt it. Not with what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. No, well, well, I'm glad that you came on and told your story. That's uh, Donna. This has been really fun. It's, it's very fun to listen to you and your experience in getting off these medications. And Well, thank you for having me. You bet. For any of you who are listening, you know, Utah in the Weeds podcast, subscribe on any podcast player that you have access to. Donna Franchilo, thanks for being with us today and everybody stay safe out there.